Hello and welcome to the third Rambling to Net Zero podcast. Um, before I start, massive thanks for all the messages and support after I let the cat out of the bag uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, really have appreciated it, folks. Cheers for that. Um, okay, plan for this episode, something different again. Um, you know, the first one, I suppose, I've made a kind of a, conne- a loose connection uh, between the All Blacks and Net Zero, so we'll go into a few details there. Hopefully that'll become a little bit clearer. Um, Next, I plan to give a real basic intro into renewable energy. Um, this is, you know, renewables is, will no doubt be central to achieving a net zero future. So nothing heavy, just trying to few, introduce a few newish ways of looking at it for some people. Um, and then lastly, I've, I've pulled out some interesting news articles over the last uh, couple of weeks related to net zero. Um, so I'll see how it goes time-wise, and if I or if I've waffled on too much by that stage, or hopefully I'll be able to go through a few of those. Um, have a lot planned, obviously. So might as well lash right into it. Um, starting with the All Blacks, I suppose the point here I'll try to make was taking some learnings from the All Blacks. That's all. You know, that's true for the All Blacks, and also true for Net Zero, or really a lot of aspects in our lives, really. Um, before I start, for anyone who doesn't know who the All Blacks are, um, they're the national rugby team for New Zealand, uh, also one of the most successful sports teams in the world. Um, you know, even you know, just on them, you know, for me, doesn't really matter who the current world champions are. Apologies, South Africa, uh, or who is top of world rankings. You know, the All Blacks are always the pinnacle when it comes to rugby. Um, they set the bar for the others. Um, yeah. And also, I'm not going to waffle on about too much about rugby. I'm trying to keep this short. Um, some of you might be aware Ireland lost to England yesterday. Uh, so a little bit sore and I'm just going to move on from this as soon as I can. Uh, anyways, on back onto the All Blacks. Um, one of their famed mantras, I suppose a popular mindset that has been adapted throughout sports teams across the globe, is uh, to leave the jersey in a better place. And what this means is really... Where they put on, you know, representing all that has gone before them, and all all of those that who will follow. Um, knowing that you're privileged to wear or hold this jersey, but also knowing that it's only going to be yours for a matter of, you know, you know only for a while, for a matter of time. Uh, another mantra is to be a good ancestor, and this comes from the spiritual Ma- Maori concept. Uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce that actually, okay, so upset anyone. Um, and reading this out, uh, this is what it says. A long unbroken chain of humans standing arm in arm from the beginning of time to the end of eternity. And the sun shines for just a moment on this, our time. It's our obligation and responsibility to add to the legacy. Our first responsibility is to be a good ancestor. I think this is a really important one. Um, you know, I think I think that says everything that we need. You know, don't, don't need me adding to it, but you know, after all, you know, we are just all part of a long line, you know, a long line in the humankind. Um, I guess the question I would take from that is really, you know, is our generation being good ancestors? Um, and the last one related to the All Blacks, I just want to bring in here is, uh, you know, I, I suppose this is pretty relatively well known. Um, but the All Blacks clean their own dressing room after every game. You know, 
don't think you'd see that see many football teams or any, even any other rugby teams that do this. You know, I'm not here to point fingers, but it, it really shows the commitment and responsibility to take care of their environment. You know, there's no exceptions to this. It's everyone. And so I guess you're know, taking a few of these points on the All Blacks, you know, to summarise. Um, just imagine if we could leave the world in a better place than we found it. And for me, that's what net zero represents. Right, I'm going to park the rugby. Hopefully there's some loose connection there. And moving into kind of a renewables overview. Just the basics, hopefully a bit of a different way. Um, so hopefully you know what renewables is, but just to, you know, if I was to look up the, de to the definition in the dictionary, you know, it would say it's a natural resource uh, or source of energy, not depleted when used. So that's the important bits there. Natural resource, not depleted when used. Um, but before we go on to that, you know, I think it'd be good to start with kind of the traditional power so power sources, or what's known as to be the traditional power sources, and their history. Some of some of these, you know, coal coal power, you know, from industrial revolution and all that. So, you know, back in seventeen twelve, I've kind of traced it back to, uh, you know, an, an English inventor created the atmospheric engine. Your first practical fuel burning engine, gas. We had in 1872, uh, John Barber patented this back in 1791. However, it wasn't until 1872 that the first attempt at creating a working gas turbine model uh, was put in place by Franz Stoltz, hopefully pronouncing that right, a Berlin engineer. And then nuclear, you know, probably the latest on the timeline here, uh, in 19, 1954. So relatively newcomer to all of this, uh, the first you know the first industrial nuclear reactor was opened in Russia. It was mainly a pilot plant, but still a, still with a bit of a test bed. Um, and then we look at renewables, and you know if if I start with solar, and you know it wouldn't be the solar that you'd imagine it is today. Uh, you know, but solar traces back to the fourteen hundreds. Um, windmills, as as you'll likely know. You go back to 800 AD. Um, tidal mills, these are these can be traced back to 500 AD, and then bio uh, biomass. You know who who really knows? You know, but we're sure that whenever it was first used, it wasn't labelled as biomass back then. Um, and looking at you know, but looking at this a little bit deeper, you know, what are renewables and where do they come from? Um, starting with the easiest one I get, I suppose, is is solar. Uh, very <laughs> not going to teach you to suck eggs. Not trying to teach you to suck eggs here, folks. But you know, quite self-explanatory, to be honest. You know, without going into details of p-n junctions. You know, it's it simply harnesses energy from the sun. Um, no more <laughs> to add to that. Uh, wind will take as a next next case. Um, don't know. If a lot of you realise this, but Roughly about 2% of solar energy gets converted to wind directly. Um, we also have the Coriolis effect, or the Coriolis effect, perhaps not wrong. And this is, we're not going into too much of this, it's it basically from the fact that the Earth the Earth is essentially a spinning globe. And there's also the, unhe the uneven heating of the Earth, which causes pressure differentials, atmospheric change. 
again, we're a spinning globe at the end of the day. And where I'm getting to with this, I guess, so talking about wind power here, but it might be surprising to a lot of people to hear that wind power actually traces its route back to solar energy. All of this uneven heating, the fact that solar gets converted to wind. Um, next on my list here is hydro, hydropower, hydroelectricity, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, coming from you know, water, rainfall, percolation. You know, in short, it's using water to power turbines, and this requires a head of pressure or fast-moving water or fast, fast-moving medium. Um, an example here is water wheel, water wheels that have been in existence for thousands of years. You know, I, I know I've there's a lot of quite popular old ones. I know I'm thinking back to my hometown in Galway here, I could, uh, but there's still some in existence. Um, biomass, you know, wood crops. You know, and if you ever kind of um, if you ever think you, you where these trace back to, you know, you probably say soil water you know but their biomass again is actually created through a form of solar energy you know if you can remember back to photosynthesis from your old school books um geothermal you know have might as well add, add this one into the mix as i've got it listed here uh you know and like like solar it does what it says on the tin you know it uses the internal heat of the earth tidal um this one can catch out a lot of people. Uh, it's incredibly predictable, but also highly intermittent. Uh, they say you can, you know what the tides are going to do hundreds of years in advance, and, and this is true, but if we look at neap tides and spring tides, it's a highly varied resource. So I think it, it, as, as much as you can store from hydro and these tidal, you know, these tidal lagoons um, that essentially act like a battery, if you want but it, it, they are highly, highly intermittent, um, although predictable. If, that's, if that doesn't confuse you enough, um, and a lot of people will guess your know, tidal. Where does that come from? If you're trying to root, you know, trace that one back, and this this kind of traces back to the gravitational pull of the moon, and to a lesser extent the sun. But let's park that. Um, and then the last one on my list here, I've put down is waves and wave power. You know, arguably leaving the best to last. Um, now just have a think about that one for a second because you know, we've, we've gone through a lot of the other ones, you know, we've gone through all wind, solar, hydro, you know, tidal, geothermal, and we've all traced them back to where their roots are. And it's just for a second, just thinking back, where do waves trace back their roots to? You know, and, and lots of people probably, probably incorrectly lump waves and tidal power together and you know, you kind of think logically, you think, sure, why wouldn't they? You know, that seems perfectly reasonable. Um, however, waves are actually a form of stored wind energy. And as we said, as we said earlier, okay, starting to unravel this a little bit. Um, as I said earlier, wind power is then is linked back into the sun. So you can kind of see how all of, all of this is kind of integrated and where renewables get kind of traces back from and going back to the you know, the, de the dictionary definition, you know, it's a natural resource of energy, not depleted when used. Um, I've actually gone through that a lot quicker than I thought. I don't, I don't know how long I thought I was going to be on those. 
this could be a very short episode. Um, so <laughs> I wasn't even too sure about pulling some of these stories in, but since I told, told you I had them, I might as well go through them. Um, there was one, the very first one I'll start with here was, there was a, a, an article, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, and it was saying that was, net zero is actually cheaper than expected. So it's kind of, you know, from the government, you know, tracing back, I think it was Chris Stark, and it was kind of coming back say, in, in saying, how reaching net zero will be easier and cheaper than first thought, which is which is great news all around. You know who's who's not who's not to say that, you know, and I'd like to say you know this is great news, but also don't downplay, don't use this to downplay the massive task ahead. You know, actually achieving net zero future. This we're only at the very beginning of this, and yes, it's 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 looking a lot cheaper than it did last year, but it's still a massive massive challenge, um, and and you know and. They actually did did revert to this point. They did say, um, you know, the main point they tried to say is, is that this all, this only matters if we can take, you know, it, it, this all rests on action being taken now. You know, these things won't get any easier or cheaper if we don't do anything. Um, kind of just going off on a bit of a tangent here, but you know, wind power, wind power and solar power have dropped dramatically in cost. Um, and that's only really happened, you know, it's, it goes back to simple economies of scale. This has only really happened because of what's gone before them. Um, there's always going to be pilot projects. There's always going to be, there was a lot of developments. We've seen subsidies being removed, but solar, solar wind are highly competitive, um, if not the cheapest form of energy available right now. So it's, it's now going to become the norm. Um, this next one, what... <laughs> What a great title, uh, this next one. I'm going to move on to this one. Um, and there was a report warning of the threat or danger of great tits becoming extinct. You know, not a laughing matter at all. You know, we're, we're of course, talking about the birds here. Um, but I just want to say, you know, not cool climate change, you know, making this personal now. Um, but remembering back to what this story was at the top of my head, it was... Uh, they're mainly going on about the changing of seasons and what that does and, and how this is actually putting a lot of bird species under threat. Uh, something I probably wouldn't have thought about before. Um, another one actually was from Toshiba, you know, following Siemens, Toshiba have announced that they are going to stop taking orders from coal fired power plants. You know, they've decided on, you know, their, their company has decided to instead you know focusing on a core business and, and you know with so with, with coal-fired power plants um they're going to move in line with global aims of reducing carbon emissions uh quite awkward i'd say there um i'm really rattling through these i, I thought this was going to be take me a lot longer but i'm sure nobody's going to be complaining about it being shorter um so we're going to move on to the last one here and it's just, it was on the COP26, uh, so the UN Climate Change Conference is due to be hosted in Glasgow next November. You know, we, we would see this as a huge opportunity for the UK, um, or, you, or you would have thought it would be anyways. Um, Prime Minister Boris Johnson, of course, has recently announced Anne-Marie Trevelyan as a climate change champion. Um which is actually a bit, a bit of a head-scratcher, and I'm really glad I wasn't the only ones of these that was kind of wondering why has this been, why has this kind of gone ahead? And I'll try to explain. There's been a lot of people online kind of crying foul, I guess, is 
that makes sense. Um, Anne Marie has been, you know, extremely outspoken against wind wind farm developments. So obviously, being a climate change champion, does raise a few questions. Um, you know, even even as part of her own uh, election campaign, her slogan was, you know, you know, part of her slogan was um, part of the slogan was to help stop giant wind farms near homes. You know, she was protesting that rural Northumberland is fed up is fed up to the teeth was the was the quote, with developers turning up and wanting to trash our landscape by putting up wind turbines. Um, but on the flip side of this, you know, she was she was and definitely was at the time anyways a big supporter of fracking, even voting to allow fracking to take place in Northumberland National Park. Where she had protested against wind turbines, not in the, even though the wind turbines weren't in the national park, but um, you know, I'm kind of looking here at the voting, you know, other areas again. Going to trusty Wikipedia, don't don't dismiss it, folks. Um, great information on there, trustworthy information. Um, you know, you post fox hunting. You know, I'm not don't want to get too personal here, but but um, you you all of that said. She has also campaigned for reducing plastic packaging and improving rural broadband. Um, so that's our new climate change champion. Um, this has been a lot shorter than I thought. I, I wrote, I was writing all this stuff out, or little pointers. I thought, Jesus, I'm going to be, you know, forty minutes here if I don't if I don't wrap it up soon. So I probably 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 rambled on there. Well, I've said it now, haven't I? Um, rambled, but yeah, probably rambled on a little bit too quickly there, actually. So I, I suppose, shortchanging you, um, wrapping it up here, I guess. Uh, thanks again for listening. Till next time, all the best and take care.